comes. Here. And watch out! He's gone! Wow! Point, because there's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good ways. It's a two-footer. Oh my goodness. All the way! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Walk It In podcast, episode 51. Mark and I are back. We celebrated the 50th episode last week, and candidly, we should have gotten a winner out of last week. I think we both agree you deserved the Shane Lowry ticket, and his bungle on the par three cost you another winning ticket this year. I was looking good, Jeffrey. I was looking good, and obviously he uh, he doubles that 14th hole, and cannot make a birdie to come back on that next hole, which is a pretty easy uh, par five. And uh, that was that's all she wrote. Couldn't even get to the clubhouse and get a sniff at the playoff. Disappointing, to say the least, considering the graphic on, if I remember right, the graphic that CBS kept showing was he hadn't bogeyed in something like 26 straight holes. And it was a difficult chip, but not a chip he should have chipped into the water. And I don't, I don't, if he doesn't do that, he wins the tournament. I'm convinced he was playing. He was, that um, it was, uh, it was before that hole where I even said to our group chat, he is the live favorite at uh, plus 220 on DraftKings. And I thought for sure he's got holes in hand on everybody. Speeth will get to the clubhouse. It'll be whatever, you know, maybe there'll be a couple guys up there. Um, but, but Lowry has holes in hand. And he's playing really well. And then the double happens and, and that's it. He, had, uh, he finishes with a 36. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it was bad luck, flat out bad luck on that end. Um, I, I was going to comment that I had my winning bet last week was Neiman in the top 20. And I got lucky because the guy holed out from that bunker on 18 for birdie mm-hmm. to get inside the top 20 while Maverick McNeely and Kevin Na went the other way on Sunday. So Generally disappointing week, um, but I truly thought Shane Lowry with about 10 holes to play on Sunday was going to get it done. I didn't say anything. I didn't jinx anything, but no, you didn't. You didn't. I I thought I was going to keep it going. Um, I struck out with Fitzpatrick. He with a rare missed cut. Uh, Yeah. Weird week from him. Yeah. Played in some windy conditions, but so did everybody else. There's no excuse. And uh, just couldn't get it going uh, on Friday. Shot, uh, I think, four over on Friday to, to miss the cut. And uh, that was disappointing because um, I had uh, a lot of exposure on him as well. But I did expect late on Sunday to walk it in with Shane Lowry, and it just didn't happen. So Spieth, he has risen second Easter in a row. He's won. Right. And another nugget, Jeffrey, I think the Masters is on Easter 2023. Wow. Get your early bets in on Jordan Spieth then. Jordan Spieth, Masters 2023. Fit him yeah. for the jacket already or what? The, the holy boy has uh, has two going for his third next year. The tri, trifecta on Easter. Uh, big, yeah. big opportunity there. Uh, what what I mean, it's well, Passover is only on Friday. Is that right? Uh, Passover. Well, no, Passover started on Friday, but it goes for eight days. So so maybe, you know, maybe we take the Passover angle here with them. Yeah, we could. I don't Easter, know when Passover, Passover. I don't know when Passover falls next year, but this is a Spieth podcast. 
Pro yeah. Speed Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it might be called Walk It In, but really, it's the Speed Fan Club. Yeah, where this and Scheffler now too, and, uh, and Cam other. Smith, but, Sam Burns. But, you know, throw them all. We in are, <laughs> but we are, and Maverick McNeely. Yeah, oh, oh, of course, Mav. We are a Pro Speed Podcast, so we are obviously happy to see Speed win. At least I know I was. Me I won't too. Speak for you. I'm always looking for omens of Speed's future success. Nothing, nothing excites me more than watching that guy play golf and listening to him play golf. But yeah. he's just a, the, a chatterbox and it people, just, people hate it. A delight. He's polarizing him, you know, talking to himself, talking to Greller, you know, throughout every single shot, every single round. Some people hate it. Some people think he's whiny. I personally love him. And I think the access that we get just from having microphones around him and Greller is amazing. So yeah, I don't ever want it to stop. <laughs> no. Yes. Keep it coming. Uh, I love it as well. Um, we just finished up at uh, Harbor Town. Don't forget, Mark's played that course. I'm actually eyeing another golf trip through work, and Harbor Town is on the short list. A little Hilton Head potentially. You're so. you're accurate enough to do well there, Jeff. Uh, my accuracy is coming by the wayside. I'm, I'm chasing distance now. Got a real Rory McIlroy <laughs> problem where I'm trying to just beef <laughs> everything, and it's going to go in any direction other than straight. But all all 170 pounds of you. Yeah, exactly. Grip it and rip it. Um, but we are going to another course this week designed by Pete Dye, TPC Louisiana. And I mean, unless you have anything else from RBC, I, like it's cool. Spieth one, candidly, there weren't any other major takeaways for me. So I don't want to steamroll you. If you have other things you want to touch on before we transition to what we've got on tap this week. No, no, I'm good. Uh, okay. it, I mean, I thought it was a fun tournament. I personally love the course and I love Town. Yes. Um, there were some big names, obviously can't lay. Gave it a good run. Uh, obviously, you you had Cam Davis, who's been playing really well. Um, Fleetwood was up there, and 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 some other bigger names. But uh, overall, I thought it was a really good tournament. Um, a better field than we typically have at the Heritage, which made mm-hmm. it more fun. Yep. And uh, I'm ready for team. You know, I love team golf. So, yeah, new format, which I think is kind of worth talking a little bit about before we get into the picks, because. This kind of like match play down in Austin is one of those weeks where you get a different flavor, uh, a different focus for the week. And I don't know if you've got the notes up in front of you in terms of how they're breaking down this week, but maybe you can touch a little bit on what team golf means through the lens of the Zurich Classic here at TPC Louisiana. Yeah, so two-man teams, kind of like prom, just link up on your own accord, right? Whoever asks who. Which is kind of fun because it brings good stories. Like it's a, it, How'd you guys yeah. become partners? I don't know. We just did. Yeah. And some of them make a lot of sense, obviously. And then some you're like, how did Ryan Palmer get this partner? Right. And that was the running joke all week. Justin Thomas put on Twitter, like, you know, joking about the average world ranking of Ryan Palmer's uh, partners in this tournament. um, Because he's been with studs, Spieth, John Rahm, now Scotty Scheffler, but um, they can make their own teams. There are, some really intriguing teams. And then we're going to play uh, alternate shot. Uh, so they alternate. I think the first and third rounds are four ball second and fourth rounds are foursomes. So there's some alternate shot in there, which is going to be awesome. Uh, there is a cut. Uh, it's the low uh, 33 teams in ties and um, you know, a, a four round tournament just with two different formats within the tournament. So it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I am in agreement. I, I like this a lot. These are the kind of things that I think help break up a very long season. 
Um, and we saw last year and to the point about like, how do the pairings come about? You know, if we look back on Leishman and Cam Smith, when he last year, the Aussie group, um, there's a lot of different angles you can take to how you build a betting card this week. Do you want guys who've got the familiarity, some similar nationality, or maybe guys who are buds? Um, you can also look at it and say, I want compliment complimentary styles. I want a bomber. I want an accurate guy. I want an iron striker. I want a putter and try to mix and match profiles where you think you come up with the most holistic team possible. I know personally, my card is a little bit of everything. I don't have one particular style I'm chasing this week. Do you, do you have anything that you're zeroing in on? Um, I tried my best to forecast team chemistry. If they played together in the past, um, that certainly helps. Um, but uh, course history, tournament history is, is something that I looked at. And then have they played in team format before, right? Whether it's the Zurich, whether it's Ryder Cup, whether it, whatever it is, like have they been exposed to this type of golf before? Because I think that's important no matter what stage that was, you know? So maybe it's, you know, people have played in the President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, or they maybe haven't played in the Zurich. Um, you know, they're still familiar with the, um, with the, the, the setup of it. So, um, you know, tried to, tried to get a little bit of everything in there, but you know, my, my normal tournament history, recent form ruled all just like it usually does. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's the way to go. Um, you've touched on the format again, I'll touch on the field. We're playing here at TBC, Louisiana, or sorry, the course I'll touch on, not necessarily the field. Um, driving distance and things this week. It's a similar course as we see a lot with Pete Dye designs where distance is not necessarily the key. The key is positioning off the fairway, making sure you have angles. There's not really any penalty for being in the rough, but you can get blocked out if you're not putting the ball on the right side of the fairway. You can be in the short stuff and still not have a great second shot. Um, beyond that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think we can kind of get into the card, get into the bets uh, this week. Quickly to touch on the board, I feel there's two super teams and the odds would say as much. Do you think there's a third or possibly a fourth super team this week in terms of pairings? Yes, I do. So you're obviously referring to Hoblin and Morikawa. Which is crazy the- that those two are on the same team. I mean, imagine yeah. two dudes who find the center of the club face more frequently than those guys. Yep. Six and a half to one, which is super short, so especially short. for... They're a first-time team. Right. So that's uh, more to come on on that uh, part of a handicap later. But, uh, yes, definitely qualifies as a super team. Cantlay and Shoffley, extensive experience in team format and together as a team. Uh, so they're 8-1. to one. Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer are 9-1. to one. Any team with Scotty Scheffler on it right now is a super team. Let's be honest. That's fair. And, that's uh, very fair. And, and I think you have to get Cam Smith and Mark Leishman uh, in the, the super team category, the way they play together. Um, and obviously, tournament history, right? Right. Back-to-back winners. I'm sorry, uh, coming back off the win, but Cam Smith having two wins already this year. Uh, it's, yeah. You could argue Cam Smith is the second best player on tour this year, right? Yeah, you, you absolutely could. So I would agree with you. Four super teams sounds about right to me. Um, I, you, you kind of touched on something if we're talking about the top half of the betting board. So just, just to recap, 
Morikawa and Hovland. Ball strikers paradise, six and a half to one. Cantley and Shoffley, eight to one. Palmer and Scheffler, nine to one. Leishman and Smith, 10 to one. That's like, you know, most weeks we would see the winning or, or rather the shortest number around like the nine to 10 range. You got four teams inside that. So I buy your argument. There's four super teams. I personally like a team just outside of that. But is there anyone in that top group that you're laying a bet on this week? Yeah, I actually have two. Um, if uh, if you'll oblige. Um, so my first bet, I'm going to kick this off with a matchup uh, that stuck out to me right away. And that is going to be the team of Cantlay and Shoffley. Uh, I mentioned they've been together before um, multiple times in team format. They are even money uh, over the tournament favorites, Hoblin and Morikawa. Um, I just think Hoblin and Morikawa might struggle an alternate shot given Hovland's struggles around the green. Morikawa sometimes struggles with his putter. We know that. Um, so I think those, the alternate shot rounds might prove a little bit challenging for them. Obviously we, we know how good they are striking the ball, but if for whatever reason they're out of position, I don't know that they can hang with Cantley and Shoffley, just my opinion. And I'm happy to take even money with, um, the familiar team over the favorite. So I'm going to put one unit uh, on a matchup play to kick this off. Cantley and Shoffley over Hovland and Morikawa. Um, and then my, my next plays, I got to keep riding Scotty Scheffler, Jeff. I have to do it. He's nine to one with Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer loves this tournament. He's been with Spieth. He's been with Rom. He's won before. Um, Seventh place last year, a fourth place in 2017. Um, he's 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 talked about how he's good friends with all of these superstars that he's partnered with. I'm not worried about chemistry. I'm not worried about how maybe Scheffler and, and he haven't played together in this format. I'm going to ride the hot hand and somebody like Ryan Palmer, who's super familiar with this tournament and this course. Um, I'm going to go pretty heavy on them. I think nine to one. Um, in this format for a Scheffler based team is fine with me. One unit on the win at nine to one, and then one and a half units on a top 10 at even money for both of them. So, uh, three plays off the bat for me there. Love it. And why would you quit Scheffler? He's already brought you two winning tickets this year. Go for a third. Cause you know what? You're only doing what Ryan Palmer's doing. You're riding the coattails of yeah. the success of Scotty Scheffler. And you I should. Might as well, Why wouldn't I might you? as well. Yeah, I might as well latch on to the hot hand, right? And nobody is hotter than Scotty Scheffler by a country mile. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, I buy both those bets. They're not on my card. I mentioned a, a group just outside of that super elites, we'll call them. Um, and I'm going to take the win bet on Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. And I'm also going to take a top 10. So the win bet comes in at 12 to one top 10, I believe is coming in at plus one I'll confirm that that is correct. That is still what the number is. Yeah. Um, these guys match kind of well in a lot of categories. Both of them are solid putters. Both of them have been playing really well. T degree. If you look at this field, um, Burns obviously is coming off of having his own win and it kind of feels like Horschel himself should have had a win here in this stretch of really good play. The guy hasn't missed a cut in the last three months in that same span. He hasn't finished worse than 43. Um, and that was at the masters. And I'm, I'm not 
entirely concerned. Um, I think this setup works well. Horschel is the kind of guy who, when audio picks him up on the course, he annoys the shit out of me. He doesn't stop complimenting everyone around him. I love it because I, so I think like, I think it's super genuine and yeah, he talks a lot. It is. Like, I just think like he can get a little hot under the collar. Obviously Mm -hmm. he's got like this passion that like, I don't know. I, I can't explain it because I know I'm in the minority of Billy Horschel fans, but I think like, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. I just think it's refreshing. Like you hear him on hot mics, like, Oh, great shot. Like great shot. Hey, Oh, Jordo, like great, you yes. know, whatever. Like, but I think it's so genuine and like, he's, he's genuinely like rooting for and picking up his playing partners. And I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm in agreement that, I believe it's coming from a genuine place. I'm picturing myself out there. And if I was out there playing with him, I would be like, okay, Billy, enough. Thank you. Like even because if he thinks I hit it well, I might not think I hit it well. It's like when Colin Morikawa told the story of his caddy telling him good shot in the air at the open. And then the ball ended up rolling down a hill into a bunker. And he turned and looked back at his caddy and he said, don't you ever say another word while the ball's in the air. As a player, I hate when people put, put their words on my ball, but if it's a good shot, I don't mind it. And I'd like to think, I don't have data to prove this, but I'd like to think that Horschel's hit rate on, on positive reinforcement is pretty high. So I don't know, just, it's just my thought. I'm in the minority. I know that I like Horschel and Sam Burns, LSU guy. We talk about that every, every year at this tournament, right? Yep. Um, So I, I, I like that pick. And they both play well historically at this, uh, at Pete. And fourth last year, I think. Yeah. And they were fourth last year. So, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. In fact, Horschel's probably playing better golf, even though Burns has his win. But it seems like Burns pops on courses such as Innisbrook, where he's got back to back wins. So, for that reason, I've got those two plays on them, the top 10, and I've got the win bet. Real quick, I'm piggybacking off that. So, um, I'm almost done with my entire five units already, but <laughs> I, I love, I love Horschel and Burns this week as well. 12 to one, half a unit and uh three quarters of a unit on the top 10 at plus 125. I'm with you. Uh, I think they have the history. They've got the, the attitude, the chops to, uh, to get it done here. And, um, I may think Scheffler and, and Palmer in my mind are, probably the favorites uh just in my mind um i think horschel and burns are are not far behind yeah i expect them to be a very popular one and done pick this week um and as you mentioned you're you're almost through your card I'll, I'll try to catch up with you here quickly a few other groups in the shorter numbers that stand out i don't have bets on all of these but this will kind of lead into my next sort of grouping of bets you've got fleetwood and garcia interesting pair at 16 to 1 Taylor Gooch and Max Homa at 22 to one Shane Lowry, Ian Poulter. Interesting match. Real interesting team there. Very interesting team. Um, And then if you go just a little bit further, you got a couple more that I think stand out. You've got Harold Varner coming off a couple good weeks with Bubba Watson. You've got Neiman and Pereira, the Chileans at 25 to one. And then you've got uh, Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris at 30 to one. That kind of was a nice, like tight group there of guys in that 20 to 30. I think there's a couple groups we like, but I'll kick things off by talking about Taylor Gooch and Max Homa. We saw Max Homa last year, kind of his star rose in the PJ Tour. Taylor Gooch has had a similar experience this year. 
These guys have played together in this event. They were T17 last year. Both of them have been playing relatively good golf lately. Maybe Max Homa not so great as of like the most recent weeks, but in the last three months, both players have been finishing in the top 20 uh, more commonly than anything else. They've got a couple top tens to boot. Um, in this particular pairing, it's all about friendship, camaraderie. These two guys know each other. They're best friends. They're open about that. Max is always rooting for Taylor and vice versa. I like the dynamic that's created. I like that they've done this before. I've got a half unit on the win at 22 to one, and I got a top 10 at plus 180 for a unit. I'm very bullish on these guys. I think the team camaraderie piece is going to play through pretty well for two guys who have been playing very good golf as of late. Um, yeah, I, and another team that, that popped obviously, and I think they're going to be very popular, um, uh, amongst the, the public, whether it's one and done plays, whether it's DraftKings lineups, you name it. But, um, I mean, there's not a lot to, to dislike about those two for sure. The other group, and then I'll kick it back to you. Cause again, I think you're in the same, the same window. Um, I've got another group Chileans. Last year, we saw the Australians win. I'm taking a nationality play here with Joaquin Neiman, Mito Pereira. Both were pretty popular picks last week at RBC. Um, as I mentioned, I cashed the Neiman top 20, and, and Mito was around. But I think that these two guys, it's actually funny because Neiman's younger than Pereira, but he's been on the PGA Tour for longer. Yet Neiman kind of, even though he's younger, acts as sort of the fatherly figure in a way to Pereira as he makes his way onto the PGA Tour. I like both guys. I like them as individuals. This podcast is ginormous walking Neiman fans. Pro, pro chili podcast. That's right. Exactly. And both of these guys have been playing well, Tita Green, over the last three months. Um, I believe, and I'll quickly check this. This is the first time that they're partnering together. Um, I don't think that the that Mito has played this event before. Yeah, I'm correct in that thinking. But I'm taking the Chilean, the atmosphere, kind of the, the camaraderie here I mentioned with Gooch and Homa, but more so nationality. So as I mentioned, give me those two on the win and the top 10. The top 10 pays 210, um, plus 210, and then the win bet is 25 to 1. Half unit on that and one unit on the top 10. Mito, um, he hasn't played here before, but he is playing pretty well. So, you know, if he can ride Joaquin Neiman's um, – coattails a little bit there then you know i mean you might have something for sure at 25 to 1 neiman uh, seems to neiman seems to play pete die courses relatively well historically um Pereira does, doesn't have as much experience at least experience that's been tracked so they're a bit of a wild card but i like the chances of those two yeah uh for sure um my last play this week um is just a win bet i've got a quarter of a unit left and I'm really intrigued by Wills Altoris and Davis Riley. I've been on Davis Riley a few times uh, on this pod. And of course I've been on Wills Altoris a few times. Neither of them have won on tour. Could this be a, uh, a double whammy first time win for both of them? Maybe Davis Riley uh, finished second a few weeks ago at the Valspar uh, to um, Sam Burns when he hit that long putt uh, to, to beat him. But um, both of these guys strike the ball really well. If they could roll in some putts, get a little youthful energy out there, um, by all accounts, they are friends and uh, will feed off of each other. 
I think it's worth a shot at 30 to one with a guy like Zalatoris, who is, we keep saying it, it's just a matter of time before he starts rolling off wins. Yep. I, I circled them. They nearly made the card. I, I like it for a lot of reasons. Um, there's on your card. I mean, I know you're going against Hoblin and Morikawa, but when it comes down to ball striking, I think you've circled the the wagons around the different groups to uh, to go after this week, even in the sense of fading Hovland and Morikawa, but taking Cantley and Shoffley. Like they're not that far behind. Right. Um, I've got two more kind of moonshots to round out the card for a quarter of a unit each. Um, I'm going to stick with a nationality play here, and I'm going to take Adam Hadwin um, and Svensson to win 65 to one Adam Svensson and Adam Hadwin, the Adams this week. I feel like Hadwin has been playing better golf of late. He was a darling for a couple weeks when it came down to one and done. And Svensson has seen himself in the mix more frequently than he has been in the past. Svensson cannot putt worth a lick um, in this particular format. My hope is that Hadwin can knock him close and vice versa. Both of them have been playing pretty solid T to green lately, but the putting is certainly an area that could let them down. Maybe they get hot. Maybe the format switches things up for them. I don't have any other play other than the win bet at a quarter of a unit. And then I've got one more with Graham McDowell and Seamus Power at 45 to one for a quarter of a unit. Seamus Power had his darling moment earlier this year where it seemed like he was in contention every week. He has you were all over him. I know. During during the Seamus Power uh, heyday. (laughs) The Power Hour. Um, (laughs) I think the thing that's interesting about these two is they've not partnered together, but both of them have had good experience here. Power, two out of the three times he's made the cut in top 10. Graham McDowell's made the cut the last three years. The worst finish is T23. Again, not guys who have like this experience of playing together and candidly not guys who've been playing all that great lately. But in this kind of format where it's just a little bit different, I'm going to take maybe the comfort level of the format and hope that the rest of the game follows suit um, and that Graham McDowell and Seamus Power bring out the best of each other. So I've got a couple yeah. nationality plays. I've got a couple just pour it all in the pot and see what you get. And then I got a couple plays that candidly I think are just like really good players who have proven that they know what they're doing and also are in really good shape in terms of familiarity with their partner. You, um, you mentioned moonshots. Uh, that's what you, you classified those two plays as. Uh-huh. Um, I want to get your thoughts on two bigger moonshots. Um, the first is the Zayden Houghton Schwartzel at 60 to one. Uh, Schwartzel came in second last year with Usi. Um, Schwartzel's playing really well. He plays this tournament really well. Finished T10 at the Masters two weeks ago. Um, Hote, not in the best form, but he's a pretty pretty decent player in his own right. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on, on those two. And then uh, guys that I vividly remember betting on last year, um, they missed the cut but have a, a pretty good history here is Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. Yes. They're 90 to 1. Um and Kevin Kisner's playing really well right now. Um, I don't know if they have the firepower to win this tournament, but um, I did think long and hard about some positional plays on, on those guys, uh, especially considering what Kevin Kisner's been doing recently. Um, did either of those teams make your preliminary card, or um, am I completely off base and even mentioning those two teams? 
neither made the card, but when I was looking at the numbers, I remembered the same thing you did, which was my re- why my reaction was, oh, yeah, related to Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner because they were the darling last year of guys, right. especially in Scott Brown's case, who it's like, who? And then every year he and Kevin Kisner show up because Kevin Kisner's a dog and loves this kind of format. He also loves short courses like TPC Louisiana. Personally, not of interest. I know Kisner's been playing well, but we haven't seen much of Scott Brown at all. And maybe I'm taking the recency bias of their cut last year. If I had to pick between the two, I like Schwartzel and Bazadenhut, partly because. Oh, did, we, did Jeff's mic cut out? He was just telling me how much he loved Charles Schwartzel. And I think I'm, his mic cut out. I'm back. Um, yes. Schwartzel no, is the one I would take out of that group. And I'm putting the chips more on Schwartzel, even though he, Kisner's been playing well too, because I think Bazaden who can do more than Scott Brown can. Yeah, that's that's completely fair, and that's probably why you see that team at 60-1 to 1 and Kisner at 90 I think the numbers speak, yes, exactly. Uh, any other teams that piqued your interest at all or just general thoughts on the odds board? I've got... I've got two more teams and I I don't know if you'll have a take on these, but these are two more teams that I circled in kind of the initial pass, but ultimately did not decide to put any units on there. Bo Hostler and Sahith the gala, a hundred to one. Really interesting. Very interesting. And then Joel Damon and Stefan Yeager at 140 to one. Damon's been playing decent golf for a while. Yeager's one of those up and comers from the corn Ferry tour. Doubt it. I mean, again, it's 140 to one. The numbers are telling you something. But Hostler and Thigala are interesting to me. And I'm curious if that one's, or I really either, pique your interest. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Simply, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, short answer is no. Um, if I had to go down the odds board, I was looking honestly like way down, like Harry Higgs and Austin Smotherman. Ter- territory at 180 to one. Yep. Um, I think Smotherman is he kind of came onto the scene a little bit this year, right? He's um he's playing okay. He had uh he had the one tournament now that with the exact tournament is escaping my mind, but I think he finished in the top 10 or thereabouts, uh finished T25 uh about a month ago, you know, not lighting the world on fire, but you can see there's some game there. And Harry Higgs probably thrives in something like this. Did miss the cut last year, but I could see them making some sort of a run at 180 to one. Um, ultimately, did not do it, but uh, I'd be lying if uh, if I said they didn't catch my eye at least. Yeah, actually, I didn't even see Higgs and Smotherman, but I like that. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny because I think about Bo Osler and the number of times he's been in the mix on a Sunday over the last couple months. And it's, it's more than one thing. And there's two or three tournaments where he's been in position and then always, always finds a way to crash and burn spectacularly. And yep. the gala has had moments where you, you see an interesting mix. But yeah, again, for a number of reasons, neither made it. And Joel Damon and Stefan Yeager, I think is more just, I really like Joel Damon. Um, and I'm eager to see if a young guy can make it work. But Higgs and Smotherman, that's a fun one. I'm actually yeah. very intrigued by that one. That's a good, that's a good circle further down the board. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they like 
start to start out a little hot on Thursday and I place a, a little live wager on them. I'm not sure, but I'll keep an eye on them. I'll at least favor them on the, um, on the PGA tour leaderboard on the app and uh, keep tabs on them for sure. Yeah. Last one, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson. Do they think they can make the cut? Uh, I do think they can make the cut, but uh, no, it's a no play for me. Okay. Um, yeah. No play either. Good what history, about, though. yeah, good history. Speaking of good history, Charlie Hoffman and Nick Watney are teaming up again. Uh, they have been teammates for the last four years, I believe. Um, three of those finished inside the top 11. Neither of them are in good form, but they obviously like the course and they like the tournament. They're 180 to one as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Charlie's been doing a whole lot of nothing. And he also had his, his visit, uh, I believe to TPC San Antonio, where he usually performs quite well and crashed spectacularly. So, uh, no play for me, but that is a good find in terms of guys with, with really solid history here. Um, yeah, that, that's it for me. If you want to recap the cards. Yeah. Let's run it down real, real quick. Uh, for me, Billy Horschel, Sam Burns to win. 12 to one for a half unit with the top 10 at plus 125 for a unit. Gooch and Homa to win 22 to one for a half unit with a top 10 at plus 180 for a unit. The Chileans, Neiman and Pereira to win 25 to one for a half unit, top 10 plus 210 for a unit. Two moonshots, even though the odds really aren't that long. But yeah, you know, still McDowell and Power to win 45 to one for a quarter of a unit. Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson to win 65 to one for a quarter of a unit. I am kicking it off with a matchup play, fading the favorites. Cantlay and Shoffley even money over Hovland and Morikawa for a unit. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer, one unit on the win at nine to one, one and a half units on a top 10 at even money. I'm with you on Horschel and Burns. I've got them for half units to win at 12 to one. And three quarters of a unit for me on the top 10 at plus 125. And then I'm taking uh, Will Zaltoris and Davis Riley to win at 30 to one for a quarter of a unit. And those are those are my five units. Maybe a live bet on uh, Smotherman and Higgs. Who knows? Yeah, keep keep an eye on, on everything this week. It's it'd be interesting to see how everything plays out. But as we talked about at the top of the, this podcast, um, some really interesting formats. Uh, it does create kind of a, a fun environment and that'll do it for this week on the walking in podcast. We will be back again next week to break down the Mexico open uh, before we come back stateside for Wells Fargo and start gearing up for Scotty Scheffler's favorite course, PGA championship, May 19th, Southern Hills getting closer. Can you get back to back majors? Mark, I mean, bad radio, but Mark is vibing to the idea of Scotty Scheffler and and two majors to start the year. Choo choo, we're rolling, baby. And and with that, we we bid you adieu. We'll see you next week on the Walk In Podcast. Walk in those bets this week.